Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, the downturn rite of passage. Hi everyone, this is Mike and welcome back to Career Tools. Too many professionals fail to realize that leaving their company or industry during a downturn does have a long-term consequence, and executives are expected to have experience navigating all the way through a slowdown. We're going to talk about this and other reasons why leaving your company or industry in a downturn can be a bad idea, and then we're going to recommend some options to consider in those situations. We talk to folks all the time, and there, there's these myths out there about how to handle downturns or recessions, bear markets, whatever you want to call them, right? Yeah. And, and, and these things are, they're all part of the, the ups and downs of every successful career. And as hard as it is for many young professionals to believe, every successful executive we know will say that they've been through at least one of these. Sometimes... Many of them, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and in downturns, that's part of the experience that makes them a better leader and manager. Yeah. Whether it's a recession or a bear market or a share slide of your company shares or of market share or a divestiture of your division or being purchased and a, a big cutback or whatever, a tough time in your organization, part of where the mentality of I've been through this before and, and I'll do it even better this next time, part of where that comes from is really something that's kind of disappeared today, which is long-term employment with one company. You know, if you've been with one company for 20 or 30 years, you will have been through a couple of downturns. Right. Well, we're not, we're not going to, you know, harken back fondly to a, a quote unquote, a better day, are we? No, 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 no. Yeah. You and I both agree that democratization of talent is good, that we don't want non-free agency, so to speak. We like the, the concept of a brand called you. We like people managing their own careers, in part because companies don't do it anymore because they cut back and cut back and cut back. But one of the positive artifacts of people staying at one company or maybe just two companies in their entire career was that they went through downturns simply because people didn't leave when they went through a downturn. It's simply what you did. It was neither right or wrong. It was just the way people did it. Now that's different. People feel much more comfortable being at six, seven, eight, ten companies in their career. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's neither good nor bad. It's just different than the way it was before. But there is the downside. And that is that if you're not at one company for a long, long time, you run the risk of jumping around and missing the experience of going through a downturn. Today, younger professionals are much more likely to believe that if things go south, I'll just go somewhere else. People over 50, and maybe really probably it's people over 60, would really never have dreamed of it. Right. Yeah. And if, if you're a Gen Y person, you're probably saying, well, their time has passed anyways. <laughs> Good riddance. <laughs> and, you know, and maybe you're right, but isn't it funny how like the majority of major CEOs are 
well, older than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to be said about meritocracy and, and experience. Uh, and there are plenty of young people now and 20 years ago and 40 years ago and 60 years ago and 100 years ago who says, I don't see how those people at the top are that much better than me. I don't think experience counts for that much. I could do their job just as good as them. So Apparently not. Yeah. Okay. So this is an important career management topic, which, of course, is why we're covering it in Career Tools. So give us an outline of what we're going to talk about when we talk about this downturn rite of passage. Right. Five uh, major points in, in this show. Um, number one, we'll explain the, the downturn rite of passage two different ways. Uh, from a future perspective and from a present perspective, we're going to recommend you think twice before leaving your company or industry and get downturn experience early in your career. Number three, we recommend unless you go up one or more levels at a firm with the same stature as yours, you should stay. In other words, if you're leaving company A to go to company B, find a company with the same stature and get a promotion or more out of it. Otherwise, in a downturn, stay. We want to recommend people consider three important things that are easily missed when people think about leaving a company because of a downturn, and that is goodwill, longevity, and training. And then last, we do want to mention briefly that there is a, an exception, which is the imminent failure of your company. No sense in waiting until the very last. Nobody, nobody gives you extra credit for that. Um, when you're, when you're trying to be an executive 10 years later, they won't say, wow, you stayed till the very last day and took a layoff with everybody else or got, you know, essentially rode the ship under. That's not, it's not necessarily admired. So good. Those five things. Okay. Excellent. So one easy way of, of, uh, cause we're getting ready to talk about the downturn, rite of passage, we're, trying, we're getting ready to explain it. And one, you know, fairly simple way to explain it is, if you leave your company or industry at the start of a downturn, thinking that somehow you're managing your career cleverly, right? You know, kind of avoiding a bad spot, so to speak, you may be doing more harm than good to your career. And that's not immediately obvious to folks. Yeah, you, you're, you're trading short-term pain avoidance. You're, you're just putting off the pain until later. And And there are exceptions where you could avoid the pain, but we don't feel we're doing our job. We don't tell people about this because we don't want people to avoid the pain now. And then 10, 15 years later, suddenly discover, oops, I've got a problem. I want to explain it two different ways. The first one we'll call version one. And it goes like this. You're at risk as an executive or for executive opportunities. If you have not managed through a downturn, executives are expected to lead organizations during recessions and downturns. That's a key part of your job if you're an executive. If you're listening to this in, you know, t late 2008, 2009, this is not the first downturn ever experienced. Right? Yeah, even though it's it's big, big, right? I mean, yeah, it's still not uh, the first by any stretch. So you're expected to lead organizations during a downturn, and all things being equal, those of us who have been through a downturn are more likely than those who have not to have the skills necessary to lead the organization in that time. And so it's reasonable for companies to look at your resume and, and, and ask, you know, gosh, has he or she done this before? And here's how it happens. Several folks, you included, are being considered for a key promotion to an executive job, maybe a particularly important executive job. 
you're one of the ones that has moved two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Perhaps because of those moves, you feel your career has been better or you've achieved a certain benchmark level or in, in a particular size company earlier or at a younger age uh, than some others. Nothing wrong with that. That makes you look better on paper. But there are also two other things that stand out on paper. One, you've been at, relatively speaking, more companies and potentially more industries than the other candidates. And even though job switching is much more reasonable today than it was 30 or 40 years ago, that still does raise eyebrows. Yeah, you actually think uh, executives notice that kind of stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the sharp ones do. I certainly do. Okay. Um, just ask. Yeah. yeah. And never having gone through a market, never being at a company which goes through a down market, we notice. Now, now look, maybe – if we're in a three-week succession planning review, we reach out to you. We ask questions. We've got some time. We sit down with you. We have lunch. And maybe we quiz you a bit on what you've done and where you've done it and discover that your resume doesn't show it, but you've had a lot of cost-cutting experience. You have had a lot of um, soft market experience that just doesn't show based on the timeline. Maybe we don't know your industries that you were in that well. Maybe that happens, right? But far more likely, that does not happen because we're looking at 100 people or 50 people, and I only know two or three of them. And my job in the succession planning review is to, is to protect or to su support and promote the two or three that I do know. And so we just decide, hey, she's going to be an executive. We're going to turn to her to lead her division in a downturn. And she doesn't have the experience that some of these other, have, that these other folks have. Maybe we should just go with somebody else. Okay, I get that, but let, let me ask you a question. I mean, okay. suppose we have some listeners who we're not able to convince, and they do hop around, mm -hmm. right? I mean, technically, there's nothing wrong with that, right? No, there's not. We we respect the fact that, yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with it inherently. Okay, so, okay, well, let's just imagine this person is good, right? I mean, somebody cares enough about their career to yeah. listen to this podcast and try to get an edge. Yeah, right. It's, it's, maybe it's even likely that they're quite good. Maybe they're even stellar, and they do a great job. Right. And then they get promoted. They get that executive promotion. So what then? I mean, other than, you know, having the right to send us an email and yeah. <laughs> crow a little bit about how Mark right. and Mike were wrong. Right, and exactly. Having made yeah. it to the top, even though they violated one of our silly rules. Right. So what's wrong with that? I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it. Again, this cast is really not about wrongness. It's about making people aware of a potential weak spot in their career that you can't see and nobody seems to be educating others on when you're 22, 25, 28, 30, even 32, 35. Here's the problem with it. Here's the associated problem we're trying to make people aware of. After you've done this, this great career and you're in a good situation and now you have to make it through a downturn and you're at the company where you're, where it's happening, you're doing so and you've never done it before. And if you don't do it well because you don't have experience because it's your first one, something far worse happens to you than not getting a promotion. You have a failure as an executive in a down market, which is worse than having a failure in an up market. Um, a rising tide lifts all boats. And you not only have a failure in a down market, which is more painful, you have a failure as an executive, which tends to be more public than failing as a manager. Or even failing as a senior manager or director is more public than failing as a lower level manager. And if you've gotten the job and then you failed, 
because they missed that you didn't have the right experience and that lack of experience led you to not do as well. Then, and only then, it comes to light that you didn't have the previous experience and suddenly it's hard for you to get it in order for you to overcome that. Although now you do have some experience, obviously you failed in a, in a down market, which is experience of a sort. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You filled in. So, so the, so the, the hidden danger, one of the hidden dangers is the potential for failure increases when you're an executive, if you haven't had experience in a down market and experience can be simply being a manager and watching the executives above you do well and do poorly in a down market and knowing the kinds of things your company goes through, what people are talking about, what the experience is like, what the emotional state of the company is, so that you'll be ready for that. You won't be blindsided by it. You won't be surprised by it when it comes time. And look, we want we want everybody listening to this to be successful. We want you to know these things so you don't make the mistakes that we did and others, our peers and people, that, uh, folks we know, made. Human beings are lucky. We, we have the ability... We sometimes, you know, we don't exercise it, but we have the ability to learn from other people's experiences. It's a fabulous gift. That's why people read biographies all the time. Well, we've looked at a lot of biographies of executives, and what we discovered is the ones who do best in a downturn, are the, when they're executives, are the ones who have been through it before. We want people to know this so you don't get caught waking up sweating in the middle of the night when you go through your first downturn as a senior vice president going, oh my gosh, what do I do and how do I do it? Right. So our, our first attempt at explaining the downturn rite of passage was that you're at risk as an executive if you haven't managed through a downturn before. And we, we have another one. We have a, a kind of version two of the explanation, which is, and, and this surprises folks sometimes, which is bailing out may help you now, but it may hurt you later. Yeah, and, and all this is, is just a more immediate way of saying it, right? We we know there's a benefit now. We're not telling you don't take that promotion going somewhere else or don't don't move. We're just saying be aware of of what the what, what the situation may be later. Sometimes when we've shared this concept with Gen Y professionals, they scoff a little bit at us. And again, we, we're not going to argue that you could probably get away with skipping one downturn by jumping to another company that's not in in the industry that's affected at the time. Here's a way to think about it that'll get a little bit more immediacy to your career, perhaps, for, for those folks who are dealing with it right now. For all the help you might get from changing jobs or industries in a downturn, remember, that price of learning about a downturn will get paid. You will go through a downturn at some point. If you skip it now, when you're resilient and your responsibilities are smaller, and failure probably won't be blamed on you, you're going to go through it later with more risk, less experience, and with no ability to get what you need in time to have it help you succeed. If you don't get experience now or soon, that lack will haunt you at some point. Right, which leads us to our our next kind of major bullet, which is we recommend that folks really think twice before leaving your company. Get the downturn experience early, right? Yeah, I guess this is really the core of our actionable recommendation here. We, This is one of those casts where we want everybody to understand this theory. And if you understand the theory, it's much easier to take smart actions. But we also want to recommend specific actions. And, and this one is think twice and you know, don't put off forever the, getting the downturn experience. Waiting until later in your career simply raises the stakes. Do it now when your scope of responsibilities is smaller and failure is recoverable. 
again, let's let's go back to the Gen Y point a little bit. For the Gen Ys in our audience, there's there's a great book. It's a great book, which we disagree a lot with, um, called The Trophy Kids Grow Up by Ron Alsop, a Wall Street Journal guy. And in it, one of the Gen Y folks in the book says, job switching is definitely a characteristic of my generation. After two years in a job, many of my friends felt they had to move on to another company or go back to school. And look, again, we know there are good reasons why Gen Ys feel this way, right? I mean, sure. I mean, you know, we, we, we've seen it, right? They're, they're, they grow up watching their parents getting laid off in the 80s and 90s. That's a pretty good reason to feel the way they do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's good. So, so you, you, you come into the workforce as a Gen Y and you say, man, I, maybe I need a job switch when I feel like things are getting soft. That's a smart conclusion to draw. And yet there is a short-term benefit of the job switch. And yet it, you also tend to lose that longer term perspective. And there were benefits of the longer term perspective. So our point here is be careful. Those of you who are Gen Y, the millennial generation, job switching can be a harsh mistress when the recession plays musical chairs with jobs and factors like longevity and relationships and experience are brought into question. We just want you to be cognizant of these things when you're thinking about these career choices. Okay. Now, our next point, which is our, our third major bullet of this, this cast, um, you know, frankly, I, I think it applies a lot more than just in a downturn, but it's particularly important during downturn, which is unless you go up, you know, one or more levels at the new firm, with the same stature, we'll talk about what that means in a, in a minute, I think. But unless unless you're going up one or plus levels, same stature, stay where you are. Yeah, this is a good rule of thumb to apply if you are thinking about leaving. Again, we, we're not making a categorically, please don't do this, it's wrong. We're saying be aware. We're not saying it's black or white. It is likely that you will go through the downturn right of passage at some point in your career and sooner is generally better. But if you are going to move, here's a way to evaluate the relative now value of the move versus the later cost of the move when you avoid the downturn. If you can get a promotion, at a minimum, a promotion. So if it's a lateral move, we would recommend not doing it. If you can get a promotion, and really even two level moves up, while at the same time moving to a company that has roughly equal stature to the one you're at now, you can probably justify the move. Now, promotional moves are really more rare than lateral moves. It's There's an old saying in sales that it's very hard to go to, from being a salesperson at company A to a sales manager at company B. So company B says, well, you may be a good salesperson over there, but in order to be a sales manager over here, you have to prove to us that you can sell our stuff. So let's bring you over as a senior salesperson. And the reason is we're going to promote you to manager. Well, that's called a dangle. And um, I think we need to do a podcast on the dangle, even though I've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, and many people move over expecting to get promoted, and they don't. And the reason why is because their sales numbers don't hold up when they move from company A to company B. Getting a promotion with a move to another company is not nearly as normal as moving laterally so they can see whether or not you can do well in a new company. Sometimes folks even think they are getting a promotion when in fact they're not, right? They're not. They, yeah. they move over their, their um, let, let's say they're a manager at company A and they get, they get a promotion supposedly, go to a new company and now they're a senior manager. Yeah. But in fact, they're not. Yeah. The budget's right. smaller. The people are less. The scope of the company is less. And all those things we show out on a resume. And too many folks think becoming an executive at a much smaller or less well-known company 
qualifies as a promotion or, or even a multi-level jump, but us recruiters, us seasoned executives, we don't. We know one company that always says that 50% of their customers are executives because their customers tell them, in other words, it's a self-reporting mechanism. The customers tell them I'm an executive and that's because they serve lots of small companies. I'm sorry, unless you're charging a great deal for a product, it's a luxury good or something, it's unlikely that 50% of your customers are executives. And too many small companies have several vice presidents with no directs and budgets of less than a million dollars. And in most cases, that title means absolutely nothing, and we don't think of that as an executive role. So don't get title or role hungry and think, wow, I'm going to become a vice president. Finally, I can become a vice president. Wow, that's going to be great. And then realize your scope and your stature is reduced. And then you think, well, but I avoided the downturn and now I'm a VP. Well, five years later, when a recruiter looks at it, they say, well, he hasn't been through a downturn. And boy, he just took a step down or a lateral move, but apparently he bought into the whole title thing. So in other words, he's not that wise. He's interesting, but not wise. Right. So be careful. Good. Now we have, we have a number of other factors consider when making these kind of downturn avoiding moves. One of those is lost goodwill, which is one of those kind of hidden values that works in one place. But I'll tell you, when you, when you go somewhere new, all that goodwill, all that value is gone. Yeah. And a goodwill for those that haven't heard it, we've talked about it before is the ability one has to get things done where one is presently working which is based on existing relationships, previous work experience, your reputation, and your time in a role and a time in an organization, which would not exist somewhere else. Companies actually value, there's actually a monetary value put on their goodwill. When companies are sold, the difference between the value of their actual assets, what you're buying, and the purchase price is often ascribed to goodwill which is literally an accounting phrase designed to capture the reputation of the firm. And the fact is, employees have goodwill too. It's easier for you to do whatever it is you do now where you are now than it will be in the beginning of where you're going to in a job change. Maybe your role power will increase. That's good. We like that. But that's rarely enough initially to overcome the loss of your knowledge of who knows who in the firm, who can really get things done, who not to upset, how to get a budget okayed, you know, where the copy room is. Those things take time, and you have to think about them early in your new position, which you didn't have to think about before. Right. And they're much more valuable than you probably think. Yeah. In fact, I would argue, Mike, that, that at some point in the future of manager tools and career tools, we need some sort of... Uh, we need an accounting mechanism. We need a what amounts to a proxy for for goodwill, because accountants have done it for companies, right? They yeah. they valued it. We've talked before about certification of managers, essentially independent certification. There's got to be a way to to value goodwill for managers, reputation, and so on. Yeah. Well, until we do that, though, suffice <laughs> it to say, folks, be careful with this one. Right. Good. Yeah, there, there are two others, too, lost longevity and lost training. Look, longevity, if you're moving between two big companies in a role that's not a fiduciary one, in other words, not at a very, very senior level, longevity does matter. It not only affects your goodwill, it stands you in good stead when your bosses decide who gets cut when the downturn affects your new company. Less longevity means more risk, 
not because we make decisions based on how long somebody's been with the company. Uh, there, there are some Gen Ys who say, you know, I want it to be a pure meritocracy. That's okay. We, we respect that. We, many big companies would say, we want to be more like a meritocracy too. We want it to be less experience based. But it's not just your time in the company that matters. It's what your lack of time in the company means. What it means, if you just made a move, is it, and then your company goes through a downturn because you have more risk because there are less executives willing to stick up for you in that steel cage deathmatch meeting. You have less reputation, less of the goodwill associated with longevity. You don't have somebody saying, we've got to keep her. We've got to keep him. I know how good he is. Because you haven't impressed them with two or three home runs or triples or doubles even. Oh, we, we talked about it earlier. It's, it's, it's even worse than that in the sense of if you're a Gen Y, and we, we've talked about where it's a completely valid belief that you should be moving around. But if you've moved two or three times in a young career and a company is going through tough times, you know, executives and managers have no choice but to assume that, hey, when the, when, when it gets tough here, yeah, the person is going to leave as well. So yeah. Why spend that political capital keeping somebody who hasn't demonstrated a willingness to stick through it that you're gone? Yeah, it's like, hey, look, that's the way you've been managing your career. We respect that. And now it's time for that career management technique to hurt you. And it hurts you because we don't, we're not sure you'll stay with us. And to have been, let's say the, the downturn lasts a year and, and you leave after coming up with a plan and you start implementing it and then you decide, I don't like this downturn as much as I'd like. And you leave three months into your plan of a year long. And then it takes us six months to find somebody to replace you because it's a downturn. And wow, because nobody wants to leave the company they're at because they know longevity matters. Wow. Suddenly it's nine months of a year long downturn and we haven't had any stable leadership in your division. Right. And, and we like to think that companies are run purely on the base of merit. but Yeah, we'd love we, that. We, we know that's not true. Relationships yeah. matter. And if you're new to a company, you don't have the relationships that folks that have been there for years have. And yeah, it will hurt you. I'm trying to think of this story I just read recently where, where some boss looked at somebody and finally just said, look, it's simple. I just don't like you, which is, it's, it's not criminal. If it were criminal, then we wouldn't be human. Or because we're human, it's not criminal. But it's sad yeah, one of the few honest folks yeah, out there. Yeah, it's sad, right? but hey, you know what? It's real. <laughs> you know, embrace reality is one of Horseman's new laws. Just like, hey, you know, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. And um, so yeah. let, let's live in the real the real world. Okay, and, and then lost training. Look, we're probably beating this horse up enough, but we're simply reminding you again that if, that if, if we don't go through a downturn now, we're going to miss training we're going to need later as an executive. And some of that training is just literally feeling the pulse of the company as it goes through the experience. Okay. And then after all of this, which might lead people to believe that we suggest you never leave a company no, in a downturn, yeah. we maybe we ought to talk about the exception to what we've laid out here. Because there are exceptions. Right. If you're certain your company is imminent, imminently likely to fail, it's going to collapse, or it's going to conduct massive layoffs from which you are not dead certain you're going to be spared. If you believe your job is significantly a risk, and, there, and the, by the way, the number I use to help the executives that I'm talking through on this, if there's a greater than 40% chance, not 50% chance, but a greater than 40% chance you'll lose your job, then okay, go. Okay, You may end up in a place where the downturn still hits you, 
or maybe you don't, maybe you miss the downturn and it's better to miss the downturn and to, and to have all these potential future negatives than to lose your job all of a sudden and not be ready for it. Staving off unemployment is an absolutely good career management technique. Right. Yeah. Stay, keeping employed. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. And it's interesting that, that you said the, the only factor you've talked about here is your chance, your chance of getting laid off. What you didn't say is, Hey, if it's really tough or it's really hard. Oh, please. Right? We're not suggesting that you stay in spite of all the signs that say that you're going to get laid off for the sake of having stuck through it. We're, we're not right. saying that at all. Obviously, you need to stay employed, but don't leave just because it's going to get tough. Yeah, it's going to get yeah. tough, but that is part of your growth experience. Yeah, I joke with people that, you know, people tell me all the time, well, you have your own company, you have all kinds of free time. And I look at them and say, well, You've never had your own company, right? Yeah. Somebody said, well, how tough can it be? I said, well, I ate oatmeal for 18 straight days. When the company needed cash, I didn't have any because I was the company and I, that's how I managed my cash. I didn't spend any personal cash and um, I didn't have to go through the couch looking for quarters, but darn near dead. I would describe that as a tough time and toughness is not the criteria. It's risk. And you'll notice that we don't say greater than 50% chance, and, and we say 40% to increase the chances that managers will be careful. But let me also say this. Most managers we know greatly underestimate their likelihood of being laid off. In the last six months, I can only think of two or three people out of 100 that were completely ready and not stunned. Wow, we need to do another. We need to do a cast on that. Yeah, I tell yeah. you what, if you if you if you can't, if if you don't know how to effectively evaluate your chances of getting laid off, um, that's going to be tough. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, that's it. I think we we explained the rite of passage, right? We explained it a couple of different ways. We we'll probably beat that horse to death. We recommended thinking twice before leaving and get your experience in a downturn early, so it doesn't the lack of it doesn't come back to haunt you. As a general idea. If you're going to make a move in a downturn, look for a promotion at a company of the same stature of the one you're at. If you leave Procter & Gamble, don't go to Brand X. You know, If you're leaving Coca-Cola, don't go to some never heard of company just because they're going to promote you. And then make sure you consider factors, goodwill, longevity, and training. And then, of course, if you know your company is going to fail imminently, obviously, take care of yourself. Because the old term, the old-fashioned loyalty cradle-to-grave employment is gone, and that's a good thing, and we want you to understand the risks associated with the downturn, the rite of passage in a downturn. That's it. Good. All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. Thank you. We'll see you. Well, that's it, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that, and we'll see you again next week on Career Tools. So long. <laughs>